is that song? How powerful is that song? Here in our house, we have an empty house, but we know you are watching on live stream. But I have to tell you a quick story while we're setting up. That song is a prayer for every mama to pray over their children. And right here in this house, one of our staff members is over in the corner holding her little baby. Erica's holding Nathaniel as she is singing amen and hallelujah. And mama, that's our call. That's our call. My friend is in the house and her mom has gone to be with Jesus. Teresa, your daughter's in the house. And you were a mama that prayed over that girl. So mama, that's our call. And I want to encourage you right now to sing that song and pray that prayer over your children. Well, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for joining us here at Influence Online. Things have changed a little bit over the weeks. And uh, I get the opportunity to bring you a Mother's Day message. I believe it's a message the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart. I believe it's a timely message that you need to hear. And none of us thought we would be here in 2020 on Mother's Day. So I want to welcome you here. You know, I heard about a little girl, and she went to her mama, and she said, Mama, how is it that all humanity was born? And her mama looked at her, and she says, well, honey, God created Adam and Eve, and then they had children, and thus humanity was born. Still a little intrigued, she went to her daddy. And she said, Daddy, how is it that humanity was born? And Daddy said, honey, it's quite simple. Many, many years ago, there were monkeys, and man evolved from the monkey. Quite confused, a little girl went back to her mother, and she said, Mommy, I'm confused. How is it that Daddy says we evolved from monkeys, but you say we were created by God? And the mother looked at her and said, honey, it's quite simple. I told you about my side of the family, and your Daddy told you about his. Okay, is that good? Is that good? All right, so in the house, I have to have some people. I have to have some people. So I've asked our band to stay with me today. Drew, thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. We're going to have some energy and we're going to have some fun in the house. We are praying it won't be long and these seats are filled with you. But we have the opportunity to have such a broad online audience. And whether you're watching right now in the morning with pancakes and omelets with your kids, happy Mother's Day, or in the afternoon with lunch or in the evening as you're crawling in bed, we want to share this message with you. We believe that God has a message for you. You know, 2020 is an interesting time. You know, a lot of you thought we were coming into 2020, and you know what the word was? Everybody was saying, it's 2020, new vision, new vision. Hey, it's new vision. None of us thought we could see this coming. None of us saw this coming. But here's the thing. The number 20 in the Bible is the number of waiting. Throughout the scripture, over and over and over again, when you see the number 20 in the Bible, it's always a period of waiting. And I think we can relate to the wait. Can you say, hey, I can relate to the wait. Don't like the wait, but I can relate to the wait. Let me give you the definition of wait, and you really will understand this. The definition of wait is stay in place. Anybody had some stay-at-home orders lately? Stay in place or delay action until a particular time. Now, here in California, we're waiting for that particular time. We're waiting for our leaders to lift the band. Uh, we've gotten one beach open, but we're ready for all the beaches to open, so we're waiting, amen, or until something else happens. So here we are in COVID-19 in 2020 waiting. But can I just say to you right now, and stay with me, there's a word here for somebody. God wants to meet you in the wait. 
God's got something for you in the wait. Don't be so quick to get through the wait that you miss what God has for you. We've been told, wait it out. We've been told only essential businesses. Listen, when the world's telling us that, maybe God's trying to say it too. So let's talk about wait. Things have changed. Now, I don't know about you. I hate waiting. And so the other day, I'm running to Target, and this is what I saw. I pull up to Target, and I am shocked by what I see. Got the video. I pull up, and here, here I am. This is me at Target. And the line went on and on and on, and I said, I ain't waiting, so I went to Trader Joe's, yeah. only to find the line was there too. I still wouldn't wait, so I went to Ralph's. And then I went to Vaughn's, and finally I went to my favorite, Gilson's. But I'm telling you what, I don't want to wait. But we're finding ourselves waiting. I went again to Target yesterday to pick up a couple cards, and I thought, gosh, I don't see a wait outside. No, the wait was inside. The line to check out went around the inside of the building. I hate to wait. Can anybody say, I hate to wait? I mean, you hate to wait. I hate to wait. Okay, so here, according to Timex, and let me give you this. According to Timex survey, Americans wait 32 minutes whenever they visit a doctor, 28 minutes in security lines when they can fly, 21 minutes for a significant other to get ready. Now, um, some of you, what do you think? Maybe 30 for you, Christiana, I'm thinking, all right? 21 minutes for the significant other, 13 hours annually on hold, and 38 hours each year waiting in traffic. We hate to wait. Matter of fact, when I was doing a little research, Drew, I found something I'd never heard of, line sitters. Are you familiar with line sitters? Okay, you can actually hire someone to take your place in line. According to Business Insider, people will pay up to $1,500 for someone to come and wait in line for them. Matter of fact, someone actually started, Robert Samuel started Sold Inc. It's same old line dudes. And you can hire them to come wait in line for you in New York for those coveted Broadway tickets that right now no one's waiting for, but you can actually hire someone to wait for you, but not to be undone. According to the Times-Picayune, there is a restaurant in New Orleans called Galatories, and for 20 years, people have been waiting in line for the Friday brunch, and you literally will pay someone $1,500 to get you front row seats. Now look, when we are that desperate that we are hiring people to wait in line for us, we got a problem with our waiter. Yeah, you. We got a problem with the weight in us. God wants to do something in the weight. Now, guys, whenever I have a question, there's a problem, or I'm curious about something, I go to the Word of God, and I begin to look for scriptures. I look for stories. I look for illustrations. And for me, I struggle with waiting. I really do. I'm, I don't like the control of being told I can't leave my house. I don't like stay-home orders, although I understand we are in the middle of a pandemic. It's real. People are dying from it. And, and I believe that we need to listen. But I don't like the wait. So I began to go to the Word of God, and I began to read all these scriptures on waiting and, and how do people handle in the Bible waiting. And do you realize we don't get very far in the Bible until we find the first family that was quarantined by God, the first family that had stay-at-home orders from God. When you get to Genesis 6, only six chapters into the whole Bible, and the Bible says that mankind was so wicked, so wicked and perverse that God even says he regretted making mankind. There was such perversion. And I'm telling you what, guys, we live in a day right now, and I don't know if it's equal perversion, but there, we are living in a day 
We're, we're, God's got our attention right now in this quarantine. God's trying to say something to us. And the Bible tells us in this passage in Genesis 6, 5, God saw the wickedness of man. It was very great in the earth and that every intent of the, of the heart of man was evil. But the Bible goes on to say, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Guys, listen, I'm telling you what, when you go through times like this in your life, don't just be scrolling Facebook and Instagram. Don't see what the world is saying. Don't just follow media. Get in the word of God. The answers are in the word of God. God wants to meet you in your weight. He wants to stretch you in your weight. This was a time in Genesis, and let's just step back in history. We can learn something from history. And I researched, and I read, and I prayed, and I said, what was going on in this story that I can understand? And the world was so perverse, so perverse that God regretted making humanity. Can you imagine that? He regretted that he even made humanity. They were so perverted. They were so evil. They were so bent on their own way. And he looked and he saw Noah. He didn't forget Noah and Mrs. Noah and my three sons. Yeah, the original my three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and the three wives. He saw them and he saw their heart and the Bible said they were righteous. But let's step back and look at this time. God comes and he says, I see you, Noah. And let me tell you something, God sees you. He sees you, and he knows you, and he knows your heart. And it says God saw him, and he said, Noah, come. Now, there's this communication going on. And I don't know about you. I, I like to prayer walk, and I like to, to talk to God, and God speaks to me. And you say to me, well, does he really speak to you? He speaks in my heart with promptings, with scripture. I know when he's talking. And there's this dialogue between Noah and God. And God says, Noah, I see you, and I'm going to protect you. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to build an ark. What's an ark, God? Well, it's kind of a houseboat, you know, and you're going to go on this houseboat for a really long time, but I'm going to protect you. So I want you to go get gopher wood, and I want you to chop it down, and I want you to sand it, and I want you to build an ark. And the Bible tells us that anywhere from 20 to 40 years, they built the ark. They didn't build this ark in a weekend. 20 to 40 years, they had to believe that the instruction that they were getting from God was for them. And I can just imagine as we're, listen, it's all over the Facebook now. It's all over Instagram, social shaming, and, you know, Christians rise up, and we're going to go back to church or businesses or, you know, and just all of this ridicule and all this shaming. I just heard about a gentleman, an older gentleman who opened his barber shop and actually was not only ticketed, but arrested because he was breaking the law. And all the guy's trying to do is put food on his table. And I can just, this jeering, and here they're coming by to Noah, and they're going, what you doing, Noah? Building a boat. A boat? Why, Noah? What's going to rain? Well, what's rain, Noah? It never had rained before. Well, it's these droplets of water, and they're going to fall from the sky, and they're going to cover the earth, and God's going to protect me in a houseboat. Now, listen, listen to me. 20 to 40 years, the ridicule of the world. Would you stand in your faith if God told you to do something and the ridicule of the world mocked you and jeered you? You will one day stand for your faith. I'm telling you, I think in my lifetime, it's just going to intensify and the church is going to have to rise up, stand up and speak up. So all of these words were coming, all of this jeering, all of what you're doing, Noah, what you're doing. And here's, listen, Noah still spoke to them about God. Noah still witnessed him. I can get you on the ark. It's a big boat, guys. Want to go on the boat? No one would go on the boat. No one believed the word of God was coming. And then it began to rain. Now, most of us think it was 40 days and 40 nights on the boat, but that was just the beginning of the wait. 
the Bible tells us they were 40 days and 40 nights of, on the boat when the rain poured down. Matter of fact, it tells us that the foundations of the earth shifted. Now, can you imagine being in such a storm that the earth was reshaped, but they were safe in the ark? But it didn't stop with 40 days because for 150 days more, the Bible says they circled the seas. They literally just went around and around. It's not raining, but they're circling for 150 days. And then it was additional 40 days after they landed on Mount Ararat that the Bible says that he let out the raven out of the window. Now, this is a really good part. Mm, I like this part. Listen here. On that ark was one door and one window. You came in the ark and you looked out the window. Look what the Bible says. I love this verse. And it's actually in Genesis 7-1. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark. Come into the ark. Do you know that he was in the ark? You and your household, because I have seen that you are righteous. Listen to me. God said, come into the ark. You are in the ark. You are in safety. You are in protection. God has you surrounded through any storm you're ever going to go through. He will protect you through the weight. About the time that you think that you're going to get those release orders, that you can go back to the beach, he's going to say, just wait a little longer. Because not only was it 150 days, and not only was it 40 days, then the raven went out. Now listen, this is so good. If you read the word of God, it'll speak to you. The raven went out, and the raven did not come back. Because the Bible tells us there was so much flesh so many carcasses, so much for this, this bird to feast on. You see, this was the unclean bird. And the bird didn't come back because humanity was all over the earth for the raven to feast on. Let me tell you what, there are ravens out there feasting on humanity. But God has you in the ark. And then seven days later, he released the dove. But the dove came back. Because there was no place for the dove to land. There was no clean place for the clean animal, the dove, the bird, to land. He comes back. Seven days later, he sends him out again. And here comes now this dove with an olive branch in his beak. And it's such a beautiful picture because the dove is a picture of the Holy Spirit of the living God. And the olive branch is a picture of peace. And do you know that God was saying to Noah, the Holy Spirit is bringing you peace in your ark, Noah. In the midst of your stay-home orders, in the midst of your quarantine on this boat, the Holy Spirit is bringing an olive branch to you. But then he waited seven more days. And for the third time, he sent out the dove. But this time, the dove did not come back because now the Holy Spirit is circling the earth. Now it was time. Now you'd think, look for me. I'm like, come on, governor, let's go. But no, it was two more months before God released them from the ark. So let's add this up. 40 days of rain, 150 days floating the globe, 99 days of water subsiding, 40 days before sending the raven, 21 days in increments of three with the dove. And it's interesting because Barnes Bible Commentary says it was probably close to 375 days that they were quarantined in the ark. Stay home orders. Are you getting my drift? We've been eight weeks. My husband and I woke up this morning and we said, how many weeks has it been? How many weeks since we've been missing our church? How many weeks since we've been worshiping together Sunday, this Sunday? Eight weeks, guys. That's two months. God forbid I'm not a prophet. I'm not calling on 365 days of quarantine. But I'm telling you, God wants to meet you in your ark. I want to talk to you about resting in the wait. Resting in the wait. Number one, rest defines our focus. Resting defines our focus. I don't know about you. 
But I know for my husband and I and our children and our people in the house have told me this quarantine has been good for them. They have refocused on the things that matter. Man, Phil and I were playing board games. We played Monopoly one night, and we got in such a fight that we had to put it away. But the rest of the games are good. Crazy eights, sequence, we're cooking together, we're talking, we're taking walks. I'm getting to know neighbors. I am refocusing on my life. I'm telling you what, if you're not careful, you're going to stay so focused on the things of the world during this quarantine, social media, pressure, anxiety, anger, the president, the governors, leaders, you're going to get so full of angst that you're not going to have time to focus on what God wants to do with you and for you and in you and through you through this time. For 365 days, Noah had time to think. He had his three boys on the ark. He had his daughter-in-laws that he was getting to know better. He had his wife. Oh, that Mrs. Noah must have been a wonderful woman. 365 days on the ark with all those animals. Yeah, the husband and the three sons and the rest of them, right? The Bibles were clear and it said that when God told him to put all the animals on, he said to put seven of each kind, male and female, of the clean animals and two of each kind, unclean, male and female. Now, I don't know about you, but I think God's got a thing for male and female. Can I get a hello? He was very clear. If you read the word of God, if you get where I'm going, male and female, because all of humanity was getting ready to be wiped out and between Noah and Mrs. Noah and Ham, Shem, Japheth, and the three daughter-in-laws, they would reproduce humanity. It was a new beginning of the world. And that's why God knew there would need to be animals for sacrifice and for food. Phil and I were talking this morning, and can you imagine Mrs. Noah? What are we having for tonight for dinner? Are we going to have hamburger, chicken, goat? You know, everything was different. Now, I'm having fun cooking right now. I'm cooking again. How many of you ladies are cooking? And maybe you men, because we're involved with family. So you've got to refocus in the weight. I'm going to tell you right now, many of you that know me, I'm a, I'm a life coach. So I'm going to bring you more of a life coaching spin on this message. And I'm going to tell you right now, you get to decide whether we are quarantined another two weeks, two months, or God forbid a year. It's up to you what you do in the weight. So I'm going to ask you now to refocus on family, on values, on the word of God, on how you're going to come out of this, what you're going to do different, how much time you're going to spend on social media, how much time you're going to spend at work, how much time you're going to spend with the family. But waiting also teaches us patience. Can you imagine? That's why I walk through those days with you every single day thinking maybe today, maybe today. I have to admit I'm, I'm scrolling the news feeds. I'm waiting for beaches to open and restaurants to open, and I definitely need my nail salon to open. And I just heard where our governor is saying it's phase four, and God forbid, governor, please open the nail salons. I need my nails done. Are you like me? I'm so impatient. Open up, open up, open up. And I understand, and I truly appreciate that this is a pandemic like we've never had before. And they're just learning about it. So we want to be cautious. We want to be wise. We want to be patient. But we also want to listen for what God says. He will give us release orders. He's going to open the doors when he's ready to open the doors. So I believe right there that God really wants to teach us patience. I love this. I wrote this down, and it kind of hit me when I was praying in the park. Noah didn't waste his time waiting on God's time. Oh, that's good. Noah didn't waste his time waiting on God's time. God's time is perfect. Listen, I'm talking to someone right now. God's time is perfect for you in your marriage, 
in your job, in your life. God has a perfect time for you. Don't waste your time waiting on God's time. He's got it all figured out. He knew exactly when he was going to open up the door of the ark. And they don't, didn't waste their time waiting on God's time. Don't waste your time. I love this verse in Psalm 41. Listen, 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 memorize it. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me. He turned to me and heard my cry. Here's part of the problem. Some of you aren't crying. He's not hearing a prayer because you ain't praying. Now, come on. Let's just get where it is. How many of you have begun to pray for healing of our land, for a cure for co-fed, for marriages and children, for a rebirth and an awakening in our nation? He hears your cry. He turns to you and he answers you. But waiting also purifies our motive. It purifies your motive. Listen, I went for a walk yesterday and I had to go deep. You know, you can't put a message like this together when God gives it to you and you not walk through it first. And I had to really walk through my motive. My motive in the ministry of this church, my motive and desire in my career with my coaching and my women of influence platforms, what's my motive? You know, you can tell a lot about a person when you watch them in a wait. You can tell a lot about a person when you watch them in a wait. Because when you know God's getting ready to position you for a miracle, when you know that God's getting ready to position you for a move, you are at peace in the wait. And I'm going to ask you, what's your motive through this whole thing? To get back to normal? Hey, 411 friend, we will never go back to normal. There will be a new normal. On my TAM talks the other day, I talked about, why don't we think about a true normal? What should be your true normal? Family, God, community, church. I pray to God when this church opens, it is just flooded with people. Do not get comfortable with live stream. Do not get comfortable. I know you're having fun. Many of you told me you're having watch parties and you're making omelets and pancakes and, and all the fun stuff. But let me tell you what God says, do not assake the assembling together. We need to be in this house. Don't get comfortable with life on live stream. Get in this house so it purifies your motive. But also waiting discovers creativity. Now, I'm having fun scrolling and seeing all the creative things. I like to call it creativity in quarantine or the corona creative ideas. I think there are a lot of corona creative ideas, corona creations. Like here at Influence Church, we have, and let me just say this, I'm so proud of our staff. And if you've not downloaded our app, I want you to download our app we literally are giving you new content every day. We're trying to stay close to you and minister to you. And let me tell you, if it wasn't for this virus, if it wasn't for COVID-19, we would have, as a church, never gone to the next level. We really wouldn't have. So if you begin to say, what can I bring out of this? Some of you, even my friends that are here today, are saying to me, I have ideas. I have new dreams. I have new inventions. I'm telling you right now, if you don't waste this time, God's going to pour in you. I believe our economy is going to come back. I believe we're going to be in a V in Jesus' name. And some of you have ideas. Some of you have creations. So right here, make sure you get on that app. Check out Pastor Drew, what you guys are doing. Influence music, our children, Tam Talks. There's plenty for you to be involved. You should be opening up that app. You should be praying over this church. Those are things we can do as a body together and as a church together. But creativity is an interesting thing. I was scrolling, and here's what I found. Face recognition mask so you can still use your iPhone. 
So what it is, it's a 3D mask. So literally, when you look at your iPhone, you don't have to lift up your mask. Now, that's pretty creative, right? What do you think? You want that 3D mask? Or this was interesting, a five-meter fever-finding smart helmet. So police officers can actually put a, on their smart helmet a thermometer right here, and as they pass you, they can tell if you have a fever, they can actually pull you over and send you home. That's a little scary. There are all kinds of creative things out there, some good, not so good. But let me just tell you right now, during this wait, what does God want to do with you? You have a perfect time to think, to pray, to pause, and believe. But what I think the greatest thing came from the wait with Noah, the greatest thing that came with the wait was it ushered in the Holy Spirit. Now stay with me. This is good and you need to hear this. Somebody right now listening needs to hear. On that ark waiting for 365 days, Noah had a wait for God to issue in, to usher in the Holy Spirit. The Bible was real clear to say after he sent out the dove, the dove came back. But that second time when the dove came back, it was a perfect picture a peace. And let me ask you right now, I'm an, I just know it because I do a lot of coaching and I'm a pastor. There are so many people that are hurting right now. So many people struggling. So many with anxiety and anger and depression. We have seen a heightened suicide and we've seen heightened abuse. And we are in a broken time. Come on now, this is a time we've got to get serious about God. We are in a broken time as a society and we need to usher in the Holy Spirit of the living God. If you've been a part of this church at all, you know we've been praying for revival and renewal. We've been seeking God in a powerful way that he would do a new thing. And as I began to pray and I just saw, I saw that beautiful, beautiful dove coming. I just said, Holy Spirit, bring peace. Would you pray that with me? Holy Spirit, bring peace. And call out the name of someone that you know is struggling with anxiety, with fear, with depression, with suicide. Call out their name. Get a visual picture and just pray, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit of the living God, Holy Spirit of the living God, and call their name out. Bring peace, bring assurance, bring confidence, and begin as a believer calling out. You know, the Bible's beautiful because in Acts 1-4, we have the story where it says, Jesus said to wait in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that was at Pentecost. And they waited for Pentecost. Now listen, when I put this together, I had not even thought about this until one o'clock in the morning a few hours ago. And this came to me and I woke up and I pulled my Bible out and I said, wait a minute, that was Pentecost. 50 days, 50 days later, do you realize in two weeks, we will be at Pentecost. May 31st is Pentecost. That's about 50 days after the quarantine started. I don't know what God's doing. Come on, I don't know what God's doing. But do you believe that he'd be ushering in the Holy Spirit? He knew the day of the quarantine and he knows the day of the release. You can see all day long what the world says, but do you see what God says? Can you begin to prophetic call out the Holy Spirit of the living God to rule and reign and move over the universe just like he did in Noah's day? I want to give you guys some key thoughts. I want to give you some key thoughts to think about. Now, I understand, hey, it's Mother's Day, and you've got the family, you're doing watch parties, you're having fun, but can I just ask you, would you take a moment, maybe later in the week, to go back and listen to this message, 
to open up your Bible, to walk through the story of Noah and his family, and to see how God provided. Would you be that mama? Would you be that father? Would you be that leader that would pray over your family, believe over your family, and ask God to do a new work? Key thoughts I want to end with you. Number one, do not waste your weight. Do not waste your weight. I know some of you, not calling any names, but you said, man, you can hardly get out of the house when you get the release orders because you've been enjoying cooking a little too much, fine dining a little too much, the wine cellar a little too much. Okay, just preaching here. What are you doing in your weight? Don't waste your weight. Get on your face before God. Get in the Bible. Get your children around you. Listen, this isn't going to be forever. And I guarantee, I know it as sure as I'm standing here. Some of us will say, I wasted my weight. I didn't use the time God gave me to realign and refocus and recalibrate appropriately. Don't waste your weight. But the next, see God moving in the weight. I toggle back and forth between what the world says and what the word says from what the world says and what the word says. And I'm telling you what, when I saw this today and I realized that Pentecost is coming about 50 days after quarantine, and Holy Spirit said, would you believe me, Tammy? Would you believe that I could pour out the Holy Spirit over the whole earth? Isn't it interesting that it is a global pandemic? Isn't it interesting that in Genesis 6, the globe was flooded? Isn't it interesting that this is God's world, his earth, we are his children, we are his people? You will never one-up God. God loves you. He knows you. He's provided for you. He says, come in to the ark. And then pray for revival and renewal. Pray for revival. God knows we need it. We are a messed up group of people. We are. Go deep. Go deep and let God move. I love the scripture in Isaiah 40, 31. But those who, say it with me, wait on the Lord. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. I'm telling you, God's people, we got to wake up. Something's got to happen. Something's got to happen with this church. He's waiting to pour out his spirit on the earth. What is God doing in your weight? What is God doing in your weight? Write it down, journal it, pray it, believe it. Do not come out of this quarantine the same. This is a gift from God in the midst of the crisis. We've lost people, I know that. It's a pandemic, I know it. Pray for a cure, pray for healing, but pray for revival.